Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. And we are officially in summer mode at this point, right? We're going to start a little summer series of interviews. I think you guys will like this one. Uh, really interesting subject we're going to talk to on the Giants. Uh, just a lot of interest and in, just a really pretty fascinating guy and a pretty darn good player. Pro bowler. So we'll, we'll get to that in a few minutes. When Mike Thomas joins us, the, the Giants safety, veteran safety, special teams ace. In the meantime, we're here. It's uh, mid-June-ish, and I just want to touch on something that happened recently involving the Giants and, and uh, rookie quarterback Daniel Jones goes to the Yankee game and supposedly gets booed a little bit, right? This is a guy who has never played a down for the New York Giants. The fans have never seen him play. He hasn't played a preseason snap. He hasn't played a training camp snap. And he's already getting a little bit of booze. Now, I don't know to what degree. I actually didn't see, hear a video. So, cause I didn't see or hear a video. It makes me think that, okay, there was probably just a mix. Some people joking around and booing. And we also have to remember this, right? When it comes to booze at Yankee Stadium for the New York Giants quarterback, right? Everyone in New York is not a Giants fan. So, However many people were in the building, I think it was, you know, at the beginning of the game, so who knows? Let's say there was 30,000 people there at that point. You gotta assume at least half of them, pro- probably more, aren't even Giants fans. So, you gotta factor that into the equation a little bit. And then, of course, the Giants fans, some of them are upset with the direction of their franchise, where they've been the past couple years, the whole Dave Gettleman regime, getting rid of players like Odell Beckham Jr., and, you know, so on and so on and so on. So there's people that are unhappy, and I'm sure some Giants fans probably contributed to that. And undeserving, and if you're a Giants fan, you probably should look in the mirror at this point because I'm going to say this. And I was wishy-washy on the pick. I, If you go back and look, I wasn't overly critical at all of the pick of Daniel Jones. I, I didn't mind it as much. I mean, maybe I understand people complain that you could have got him at 17, but I was... Even from the second they made the pick, I said, I understand. You understand if they like their quarterback that much and he's their quarterback, does it really matter where you take him? You have to at least appreciate their conviction at that point. So they make this pick. Now, if you're a Giant fan, let's say you're upset with the pick. You wanted Dwayne Haskins, which I probably would have preferred as well, but tomato, tomato. We'll see how it turns out. The thing is, once the pick is made, and now we are, let's see, it's it's mid-June, so the, the draft was the end of April, so we're almost two months removed now from the draft. As a Giant fan, you have to move past the point of being mad about the pick and particularly put it on Daniel Jones personally, and you have to support him because the future of their, your franchise now rests on this guy. He's going to be your quarterback. So you might as well root for him to be good. Now, if he stinks and he goes out there and he lays an egg on the field and he doesn't look good, you could boo his play. Sure. But at this point, you're darn well hoping, praying that Daniel Jones is good. And what use does it have to boo him? A 21-year-old kid. 
I shouldn't say kid. I don't like calling these guys kid. I should say they're young men. You know, he's he's been, however old he is, he's been through college, spent years in college, he's a young man. So you don't want to boo these young men who's never played a game for the team. Now, I get it. This is New York. It's a tough market. I know people always, you know, usually pin this on Philadelphia. But look, New York has booed guys before as well. Giancarlo Stanton in that same stadium got booed not long after he got there. Gary Sanchez, not that long ago, last year, had a terrible year, got booed in that stadium. I mean, even legends in, in New York such as um, Patrick Ewing at times at the end of his career was treated harshly by fans. So, yes, Daniel Jones, he likely can handle it. You know, he could brush it off. He's Eli-esque. He, you know, he has that ability. If, if on the scale of people who would react negatively to that kind of reaction, that kind of uh, greeting or not, he's probably on the lower end. He's probably able to, knowing him a little bit, is probably able to just brush it off and be like, look, I'm, you know, I'm here to play football. I'm worried about being successful. You know, very Eli-like. But at the same time, and I was just in the studio. I'm taping in here in ESPN New York Studios. And I was talking to Chris Canny and, and Dave Rothenberg and Rick DiPietro. And we were talking a little bit. Like that, look, everybody hears it. Nobody wants it, even if you're a player and you're good at handling stuff. Nobody wants to hear themselves booed before they even ever did anything. And you know, those are two ex-players in New York between Chris and Rick saying that. Nobody wants to get booed. It doesn't feel good. And he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it at this point. Him as an individual doesn't deserve it. You want to boo Dave Gettleman for making that pick? Go ahead, do it. There's no reason to boo Daniel Jones. If you're a Giant fan, you have to give him a chance, okay? No ifs, ands, or buts at this point. That is that the future of your team. The next five years, the success of this franchise is going to be, deter- be determined by how well he plays. So you better hope he's good. You better root for him to be good. You better hope you're not booing him more in the future, and especially once he gets on the field. And even when he does get on the field, he's a he's going to be a young, maybe rookie quarterback in the NFL. You better have some patience because it's going to take patience for a young quarterback to get good. It does for all of them. It's a, it's a tough transition for any quarterback. Nevertheless, some guy from Duke. Duke. Football. This isn't basketball. This isn't R.J. Barrett or Zion Williamson. They're coming from Duke basketball. Duke football. Where his last game, I believe he got his butt kicked by Wake Forest. So have some patience with him. Don't boom when you see him on the street. He's a young man who was drafted to play in the NFL. Didn't deserve to get booed at the Yankee game. All right, I'm going to step off my soapbox here, and we're going to get into the summer interview series. We're going to start here in mid-June with Mike Thomas. So with that being said, on to the next one. All right. With that being said, let's bring in Mike Thomas. Mike T, they call him, right? Pro Bowl 
Pro Bowl safety slash special teams ace. What is that? That feels pretty good. It's got to feel pretty good, right, to be called a Pro Bowler oh, yeah. these days? <laughs> yeah, that, that elusive title, man, was chasing after about four or five years. Finally got it, man. It, does it? Does it mean? What does it mean to you? I mean, to, to actually be able to get to that point. I mean, to have that, right. you know, attached to you now. I mean, you didn't. This wasn't like. You know, you were predetermined coming into the NFL to be a pro bowler. You had to really work your way up. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Absolutely, man. Nah, it's, 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 it's gratifying, man. It's, uh, you know, it's, like you said, work for it, man. Came in with a goal. Even when you're going undrafted in practice school, pretty much my first two years, but just set a goal, man, that that's something I wanted to do. Even, you know, some special teams, playing on defense, all that stuff, right? And, you know, the, the, Know that you put up numbers, that you've earned the respect from your peers across the league to guys who've made Pro Bowl before. Knowing, like, oh man, even they're saying, dude, you should be in there to finally get it, man. It feels great, man. Just to just to be able to say, okay, I could put that on the resume, known for that for the rest of my career, or you know, that, that, it, it's amazing feeling. And that experience when you're there and you're looking around, and uh-huh, you know, it's man. like you know, the JJ hey. Watts over here, and you know, uh, right, Aaron right, Rodgers right. or whoever whoever went and didn't go, but it's for some of the best experiences. Of uh, being at the Pro Bowl, it was just literally looking around and seeing all the guys you next to. That's you know, like names are perennial Pro Bowl All Pro players, and you know, having those conversations and just earning that respect, man. Like that, that was probably the best part about it. So I want to learn a little about you, right? Explain to right. me how Mike Thomas from you know you're you're from a Houston suburb, right? Or is it a suburb Correct. or is it the city Nimitz, right? That's the high school you went to. Right, yeah, you can say suburb, humble, humble, which is like a suburb of Houston. Okay, so you're there. How do you end up at Stanford University? Right, man. So it's funny. So me and uh, Andrew Luck actually played against each other uh, in high school. Not necessarily rivals, but we're in the same division. And uh, he was getting recruited uh, by Stanford. Had already committed going into our what uh, end of our junior, early senior year. So wait, how good was he? How good was Andrew Luck in high school? You knew, you knew. Oh, I knew for a fact from the jump. Like, I'm not. He, he's gonna be pretty good. You know, he's, he's great right now. I knew he's gonna be pretty good in college. You know what I'm saying? So if I and I played quarterback in high school, and I knew the 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 the, the, the struggles you had to go through trying to lead your team and stuff. So I'm like, shoot, if I go to a college where I got a great quarterback like that, well, I don't got to be the one. You know, putting everything on my back to do it. You know, I, we gonna have a chance to win. Right. <laughs> so, they started recruiting me after watching film and whatnot. And, you know, what what that meant for somebody like me coming from, you know, the high school I went to, the area I, I grew up in, to even be recruited by a school like Stanford and to actually go there and have success, you know, that that, that did wonders for everybody in my community just to, you know, open everybody's uh, eyes and their mind up looking like, look, you can you can accomplish something like this. So, like, that, that, that pretty much played a part into it. And once they started actually recruiting me and I got accepted into Stanford, you know, my parents weren't going to let me mess up that decision. They were like, yeah, if you get in, you, that's where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, are you saying you think you got recruited in part because Andrew Luck, they were looking at Andrew Luck? Oh, no. I mean, that was Harbaugh's biggest story. He, he told me straight up. He was like, yeah, like, obviously we're recruiting Andrew. He was already committed. We're looking at somebody else's on their defense's uh, film, and they're playing Nimitz. And we see this quarterback who's running around. We're like, who is this? You know what I'm saying? He's athletic. <laughs> and they put it to me and started recruiting me that way. So definitely. So thank you, Andrew Luck, right? I mean, you end up in Stanford. <laughs> and what's that experience like? You go and then, you, like you said, you're playing You're playing for Harbaugh, right? Right. What, what's that yeah. like for you to go out there, to go to a school like Stanford, uh, academically 
known as a great right. school at the time. You're really good in football as well. Well, that, that, that's the thing. When we first got there, especially when we were getting recruited, we we weren't that good at football. It was, you know, we, right. we took a leap of faith, right? And, uh, you know, it, but it was Harbaugh's. I mean, he's a great recruiter. I give him that. You know, it was it was his uh, it, it's a quote that he uses all the time. He 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 approached every single day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind, right? And it was just his his his, his vibe that kind of had everybody sold and bought in to like, okay, we want to go there and change the culture. We could all went to story programs that were already established, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the Big Twelve, Big Ten, SEC, but we chose to go to a school like Stanford and start our own programs, start our own legacy. To, you know what I'm saying? And then I get there, and there are guys like. Richard Sherman, that's already there. Doug Baldwin, that's already there. So it was just like a perfect storm, man. And we just all clicked. We got there. We all had one common goal. And while the experience of school, you know what I'm saying, it was great. You know, I had no idea what I was walking into. thought it was going to be just a bunch of nerds. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody bookworms studying. But actually, like, it was fun, man. Like, it, whatever you were into, you know, you, you, you vibe with everybody on campus. Um it, it was just a great experience, and then we actually turned the program around and started winning. And you know what happens when your football team does well for your university; everything else seems to, you know, what I'm saying yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. benefit from it, and it went up. So it was just a great time at Stanford, man. That, that's really wild. The name, like you just named those guys going to Stanford to play football, right? The guys that are right, right. really like top level NFL players, like, and it, you got a pretty darn good group, and that's obviously why you end up being a good team. Oh, yeah, man. And the head coach yeah, who basically who was a stud. I mean, who That's still is? It was a perfect storm, man. It was just a perfect storm, perfect time to be a Cardinal, man. Did you know Richard Sherman? Did you really think that Richard Sherman would be a, a star in the NFL? I mean, because like, right, he wasn't even a cornerback. Exactly, funny. So, but that's the thing. So, when I got recruited, you know, I, was, I told you I played quarterback in right. high school. I was asking, we had no idea what position I would be on my unofficial, not even my official visit to Stanford. I, I went the summer right before my senior year, took a visit to Stanford and Cal, and. Terms in my uh, like he's just around campus during the summer. He's walking around. Here's this you know kid from Compton, Dreads, but he's he's a star receiver. He's coming off an All American freshman year at receiver, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying he he's showing me around. You know like I could possibly be playing offense. You know what I'm saying running back receiver with him. Then I get to Stanford. Whatever happens between him and Harbaugh happens. I'm not gonna get into it in this interview. <laughs> and he ends up moving the defense. And at, by this time, I'm on defense as well. I'm playing as a true freshman at corner. I'm in the slot playing nickel. And, you know, he's saying it from day one. The first day he moves there, I'm going to be the best corner to ever play the game. I'm going to be the best one to uh, play at Stanford ever. I'm going to be All-American, win the Thorpe. Boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? just, that's, that's who he is. He talks, right? Well, that first year really wasn't, you know, it wasn't <laughs> the best experience for him to transition from offense to defense, right? I was about to say, uh, you guys okay. had to be laughing at him a little bit, right, when you're saying all this stuff like, oh, no, this, not laughing, not but swag. like this guy's pretty confident here. You know what I'm saying? He's confident, he got swag, but that's how he was on offense. So cool, you know what I'm saying? That's what he got on defense. So, I mean, it's a rough transition the first year. Me and Golden Tate was just joking about it uh, last week of uh, minicamp, right? Just about his first year at that transition when, uh, uh, for him playing on defense. Then it was like something crazy. That was my, my sophomore year going to my junior year. So now my junior year, which is his very last year at Stanford, he comes back for our training camp right before the season starts, and he's just shut down. Like nobody can catch a pass on him in one-on-ones. Team 7-on-7, seven seven, we get to the season, it's the same thing. He's strapping everybody. He looks like what he said he was going to be. 
right. the best corner to probably ever step on Stanford's campus. Too, too bad it was his last year. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it, it, it was just a like a switch. I don't know what he did. I don't know who he trained with, but that's just a testament to who Sherm was. He puts his mind in something. He says he's going to do it. He will will his way to whatever he puts his mind to, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it worked out for him pretty good. I mean, look, he, he did end up leaving as one of the best cornerbacks I've seen in my lifetime, right? I mean, he's up there in like that. Yeah, absolutely. In that, like uh, Mount Rushmore of cornerbacks, basically. I mean, the guy was that good. Oh, yeah, man. So, yep. so you go you go to Stanford. Are you thinking NFL at that point? Is that a real is oh, that absolutely. a realistic goal in your mind? Absolutely. Again, don't know what position I play. I know for a size, speed, you know what I'm saying, all that athleticism. I know DB is probably the most realistic thing, but like I said, I have my eyes on offense. But, yeah, I get to Stanford. I'm like, for sure I'm trying to make it to the NFL, right? And we end up having, a, you know what I'm saying, a stellar career at Stanford, captain, take, you know, take a team that, you know, won four games and one game, and then all of a sudden we back-to-back BCS games. You know, I'm like, okay. Leave my team to tackle the interceptions. I'm thinking, okay, I got a real good shot then. And then but, I go undrafted. But then you go undrafted. Right. Right, right. What, what's, what? And, and it's, it's, I'll go ahead. Yeah, no, what's that What's that like? What, what, is that, what does that it's do a, to you at that point? It's a blow to confidence. It's, a, it's definitely a blow to confidence. It's a It's a shock. It's the first time in my life I'm told I'm not good enough. Now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, why? Why are they saying I'm not good enough? Oh, well, height. You know, we don't think you're prototypical side. You, we, 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 you know, you played at Stanford. We don't think you're athletic enough. It's, I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It, 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 it's just a blow. And it's like, are, are y'all watching the film? Or y'all, you know what I'm saying? Do y'all see the stats? And, you know, I'm talking about Asia Christina, and she's like, that's, that's their height. I mean, that's their knock on you. Might have the scouts don't even have a scouting report on you. So there's no combine invite. There's no senior bowl games, any type of bowl games, not even the Texas versus World right. <laughs> senior bowl game. You know, so there's no bowl game whatsoever invite. you got to be thinking so at that like, point, like, what the heck, I'm better than a lot of these guys. Oh, man. I mean, I, like, when you go when you go undrafted, man, you got that chip on your shoulder all the time. So best believe I'm, I'm, I wrote down the list of all the safeties, all the, you know what I'm saying, slot corners right. that were taken in the draft above me. Long story short, you know what I'm saying? So I got a chip on my shoulder. I'm, I'm pissed. I'm mad at the world, whatever. But I got a, I, I, I got a new thing that's driving. So you, you still have that list? Said, I got the list. It's somewhere just along with the little, uh, like I said, the um, the gold sheet that I wrote when I was on practice squad in San Fran. I still got that. I'm unpacking boxes right now, so I'd have to find it. But then I'm, we still got that list. You know, some people think think that's petty, but I'm with you. I, I, I'm I'm no, petty no. like that too. I have I used to have a list of everybody that would like bypass every like or, you oh, know yeah. new, news media organization that was bypassing oh, me for a job. But at some see, point, at some point, thing. I threw well, it away. But I I definitely had a I mean, nice yeah. long list. That's I'm petty saying, like that. I, I, I don't like I don't mind saying. being petty like that. The word, the word the, you know people say petty because they don't understand how they've never been through it and they don't understand like no that's motivation that's what drives. And yeah, what drives no. somebody else is different. I agree. I mean, right? You know what? There's a lot of guys. I mean, I always laugh. Odell, right? Odell Beckham Jr. He always said, right. he used to always say, oh, yeah, I was always doubted. I was doubted always along the way. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy, basically, they wanted him to play professional soccer. He was a top recruit. He went to LSU. He was a top 12 pick. But in his mind still, he's being, sure. doubt, he's being doubted because that's, how, that's what he uses to motivate himself. Exactly. Exactly. And you can't you know what I'm saying? And like like Tom Brady. 
he still uses that to fuel it. You know what I'm saying? You can't take that away from somebody and, and until you've ever gone through it, you can't you can't knock somebody if they feel that way. So then you they hold on to it, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can't knock them. So then you you know, you're still sitting there, you get you get picked up by the 49ers. You essentially right. spend about two years on their practice squad, right? The second year is when correct. you got you get plucked by the Dolphins. Right, correct, correct, man. Yeah, man. And it's uh What's that I like mean, when it's, you it's, when it finally happens? You finally somebody <laughs> says we want you want you're going to be on our man. real roster. Man, like what is like all right, going in, you know what I'm saying, second year so it's week 15. I'm haven't given up hope, but this, the first year I'm pissed the whole time we go to the Super Bowl. I, I can't even enjoy it because I'm just still thinking about, like, dang, I spent my whole first year on practice squad. So I don't even enjoy that experience all the way, right? Right. Second year, I'm humbled now this time. I get cut again coming out of training camp. Thought I had a better training camp. Thought for sure I was going to make the team even for special teams. Boom, get cut again. I'm humbled this time. I'm like, you know what? It's out of my hands. God giving it to you. I'm enjoying this experience. And if it happens, it happens. Great. If it don't. I enjoy, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I, I did the best I could. Maybe it's time to move on. Yep. Going into week 15, I'm like, yeah, okay, pretty much it's coming down to the point where I'm probably going to have to move on, right? And then, boom, it happened. Uh, we're, it's funny story, Jordan. Like, we played with the 49ers. We were playing San, uh, the, the Seattle. Uh, you know, Sherm and Doug and all the boys. It's a heated rivalry, especially at this time. Both oh, yeah. They're pretty good. San Fran beats them. We go out. We're celebrating. My sister. Uh, as she came into town, she's, uh, thank God she was there with me. We're celebrating. So normally I wake up super early on Mondays to go in and work out uh, as a practice squad player super early, on, even though it's a kind of off day, but I sleep in today, right? Right. <laughs> I wake up to probably about 15 missed calls. <laughs> uh, my, te- my phone's buzzing. I look up, it's Christina, like, hey, wake up. Like, a team's trying to claim you. If you don't respond to me right now, they're going to move on to the next guy. I hurry up in a panic, wake up, hit her up, like, yeah, come on. Like, I don't care who it is. Like, yeah, I'm trying to go. She's like, great, it's Miami. Perfect. <laughs> I'm, getting right. out of here. I'm going on the whole, whole opposite coast. So I get there, what, on a Tuesday, Jordan, man? It, it's like literally, I think the, the GM is Jeff Island. He sees me on Wednesday morning uh, at practice. He's like, you know, don't even look at me. We're on practice field. I try to go up to him say hi. He's like, look, turn around, pay attention to practice. Don't look at me. Just understand this. We're picking you up. Because we're trying to go on a playoff run, but all our DBs are hurt. So just come in here, do your job, that's it. Okay, perfect, <laughs> cool, whatever, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I'm here. That's, that's great, great interaction for Fine. me. Fine, thanks for, thanks for taking me. I appreciate it. I'm in. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? I did boo, get the Sunday. You know, it's like that for the rest of the week. Get the Sunday, I'm doing my job, vice on punt return. I got one job. Just don't let Matthew Slater or whoever the gunner is go down there and make the tap. Doing a great job, blocking Fourth quarter comes, you know, I mean, I've told the story a million times. I've probably told it to you a million times, I don't care. But fourth quarter comes, first starting DB gets hurt. It's Nolan, uh, Nolan Carroll. He gets hurt. Okay, bet. I got to go run down on kickoff now because they're down the body. Run down, make my first tackle on kickoff. So I'm really excited. My name's going to be in the stat sheet. I can actually <laughs> prove to people I actually play. Right. So about three minutes left in the fourth quarter, we're up winning. Brent Grimes get hurt. So now they're down two starting corners. So they move me and Will. Uh, so they move Will Davis. He has to play as a starter. Move Jimmy Wilson to this other starting corner. And they're like uh, thirty-one. Don't know your name. Never practiced with us. But <laughs> you got to play. So I think you play a slot in college, right? So yeah, go out there. We'll ask our safeties, Rashad Jones, them to tell you what the play is. 
<laughs> so you did you didn't know the play. You didn't know what you were doing. They were just telling you each play what you're supposed to do on that play. Each play, Mike, this is cover four. Mike, this is cover one. Mike, this is two man. I got help. You got help outside. You got help over the top. That was it. I know how to play coverages. <laughs> I know what cover one is. I know what cover two is. I know how to play cover four, but I don't know the signals coming from the sideline. And like I told you, it's two minutes against Tom Brady. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they're on the game winning drive. Oh, no big, no big squad. deal. It's just Tom Brady over there, Mike. Don't worry, you'll be all right. <laughs> Going against Edelman and Amendola in the slot. Oh man, it was just—it's it, it, crazy, man. Did you it's win? Crazy, man. So they're picking on me the whole time going down. I'm holding my own for the most part. Got a, making a couple good plays. So now they get down to like the 15-yard line. And first and 10 with about 20 seconds left, said, Hut, it's cover one. Me and Amendola in the slot by ourselves. The, I look up, the ball's coming. Amendola catches the ball, like almost had two feet in the end zone. I get my hand in. We both fall down to the ground, and the ball comes out. I'm, I'm hyped, right? The right. crowd goes crazy. Jumping up and down. And they still don't know celebrating. my name. They're like, oh, 31, good job, boom, boom. So that's first, that's first and goal, or first, first down in the game. So incomplete, second down, incomplete, third down. So now it's fourth down and goal from like the, you know what I'm saying, with like eight seconds left. Time for one more play. Coach makes sure he calls a coverage where I have help. Me and Rashad are doubling the slot. Said Hut Edelman goes under. I free up. I look up, Jordan, and the ball's coming my way. I just pluck it out the air. It's like a movie. Slow motion, no sound. Laying down in the end zone. I'm like, wait. I just caught the game interception. No, wait. I just... That's Tom Brady. Oh, wait, game and, and like it's just crazy. The crowd <laughs> all my teammates jump and laying down on me, bro. It's like a movie. Like it was crazy. I'm crying. I'm calling out all types of stuff. They say I'm saying, "Mama." I don't even remember all that, bro. I'm just like, like <laughs> it was just pandemonium. Like I go from a week earlier, you know, holding the clipboard and sweats for the 49ers to now like ESPN reporters, cameras all in my face trying to interview me after the game. It's it, it's nuts, man. It's funny you say that because I, I, I forget what it was when I was there, and um, I think it was Mike Garofolo from NFL Network was like, yes, "Yeah, I, I, yes, I remember, I remember Mike. That was his, that was his first game. I was at Fox or whatever at the time, and he was like, I remember Mike Thomas he made this play in the back of the end zone, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah.' <laughs> so yeah, you know, be you know, it's ironic. I wonder if it's Tom Brady remembers that. Man, I wonder I, what his recollection of the entire <laughs> thing is. It would be interesting to hear that, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, it would. It would be interesting to hear his point of view because I mean, I, th I think he got pissed after the game. But I, I brought like somehow he got brought up around Nate Soder, and Nate looked at me and said, "Wait, that was you." Like, <laughs> it, it's crazy. So I, I, guys, remember to play. I think because that ended up knocking him out of like uh, home field advantage, and the, the Denver Broncos ended up getting it. I think so. Ah. It, it was crazy. That's funny because yeah. you know you know Tom Brady obviously was standing there in the huddle, be like we're throwing at thirty one. You know what? that, like because like you said, they started picking on you right away. Oh no, no, no question. Or trying no at question, least. man. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. No question, man. They they knew what it, they knew what it was. It was me and another rookie who barely played, and we we're both we we're both out there on the game winning drive. So each play, it either went to me or him. So you know what I'm saying. So it, it was definitely it was definitely playing. But talk about validation. At that point, you got to feel like, oh no, I belong. Oh, you know, man. like I, exactly. I prove. I see that San Francisco. You see that San Francisco. And that, you should have been playing me. About it. That was the best part about it. Just hearing how, because I think they won their game wherever they play. I think they were on the road, and to hear the story of how they erupted when they found out 
that I caught the game winning in interception. Literally, all of them texted me, hit me up on social media, heard that Harbaugh told the GM, "Oh, look, guess what? Mike Thomas caught the game winning interception." Like it was, it was crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it was, it, it was great to see, get all like y'all you know, see all the love I got from all those guys because they have been rooting for me that whole time. That like you know what I'm saying, play so. That was an amazing experience. Like you said, validation once again. Yeah, so then you become, you, you start blossoming in, in Miami. You become a captain, a special teams, uh, you know, ace. And you start playing safety a little bit here and there. Get some starts. Right. Right, yeah. You're obviously, you get involved in social justice at that point, right? I mean, right, right. And you become a free agent. I'll say that. Go ahead. Right, you're right. I'll say that. I'll be like, everything, all arrows are going up. You know what I'm saying? Or his career, and then it's like boom, you. I got to make a decision. Not really got to make a decision. Like you know, like it, that's just who I am. And I decide that no, like this cause is you know bigger than me. Um, and I want to, and I'm going to get involved. I don't know how, but I'm going to get involved as an athlete to start speaking out what's going on in our community. And it's the first year I was made captain. Uh, Adam Gases. First year as a head coach, which you guys had a pretty good uh, year. Miami. You had a, you guys had a pretty good year that year, if <laughs> yeah. I remember right. Yeah, Gase's man. First and, year. And, and right, and it's like, but I, I make that decision, and it was like, okay, from there, it was like, okay, Mike Thomas always smiling, always involved in nothing but positive things. Boom, makes a decision to get involved in social justice, and it's like, I'm not gonna say career went down. But definitely, definitely, there's there's a point right there where I don't know what you do. You put an asterisk there. You put yeah, a, it adds a wrench a plateau, into everything. You put, right? you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like it's like oh, who is you know what I'm saying? Like okay, we thought we knew who he was. We just made him a captain for the first time. You know what I'm saying? He's definitely a guy we want to have around, a leader, team leader. That boom, that happens. So, I mean, I wouldn't change anything in the world because that's how I truly felt. That's how my family feels. My wife supports me 100. percent especially with everything going on. Like, no, I used my voice and my platform. Didn't know what I was going to do, but me, Penny, uh, still, we decided, like, now nah, the best thing to do is to show solidarity with our brother Kaepernick instead right. of doing our own thing. And obviously that, that blew up to what it, <laughs> you know, that's right. what it did, right? And and I can say, like, that was one of the toughest times I've ever had to experience in my life. And, you know, Still ended up, like you said, had a great year that year. I, like, as far as me personally, you know, uh, besides just being elected a captain of stuff for special teams, I actually led the NFL that year in special teams tackle. So, you know, me taking a knee and protesting didn't affect the way I played. Ended up having to start some games uh, for him at safety because Rashad Jones got hurt. Um, you know, played play, play well, had a couple really good games. You know, some games, you know, Wish I could have back, but had a couple of really good games, and then because of Jay Ajayi uh, bursting onto the scene, you know we ended up winning what nine out of ten games and yeah. making a playoff run. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I caught an interception. We played the Steelers got got pulled out. You know there pretty much, but played the Steelers in the playoffs. I caught an interception from Ben Roethlisberger. You know what I'm saying? It ended up being a solid year for me. But at the same time, you know you got that cloud of oh, but he was one of those players that took a knee hovering over there, which I'm cool with. And that followed you into free agency eventually when you got there. Oh, right? I mean, you're you're sitting <laughs> there, you're sitting there in free agency now, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, right? And right. the safety market right. is crazy that year. It's like right. basically totally non-existent, right? Right. And, and it, what's that like though? You're <laughs> you're waiting, and how did? You, and tell me how you think how the Giants came about. Oh man, like it's 
it's crazy. Like I said, um, <laughs> kind of, you know, saying just from talking, talking to, you know, between agent, between NFLPA, you know, in our union, talking to my brother E. Reed, who was going through the same thing. You you knew like that was probably going to be the play. You know, like that's what was going to happen, and this is pre-free agency, but once free agency actually hit, and you see, like, no, really, this is how we're really getting done. Like, this is really what the league is doing. You know, it, it was it was nuts, man. So me and E. Reed would pray with each other every single day, uh, stay updated. You know, hey, man, you heard anything? Nah, man, what about you? Mm-hmm. Like, nah, nothing. Like, agent saying, like, nah, they either tell her not yet, whatever that means, or the only thing they asked is if they did respond was, would he play for the minimum? And we're talking about the first day of free agency. It's like, what? <laughs> right. And you know what I'm saying? It, 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 and it's crazy. Man. You're a, you're you a Pro Bowl special it. teams player, basically. You, you're at that level right. where you're in the conversation these last couple of years right. at this point. And then you're right. not you're not old. You're not in your mid-30s. Right. And they're, they're asking you saying minimum. Right. So real, it's, another it's, real it's, shot to the to the ego, right? Right. Right, man, and it, and it's crazy because I'm getting at least some replies with my agent, and my guy Ere is getting nothing, and you know what I'm saying. And it's like, no, 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 he is a Pro Bowl set. he is a first round pick. Right. He had great stats in his last season with the 49ers, so it's like, what you know, like what, what are we talking about? And he's young; he's 25. So you know what I'm saying. So it it it, it was crazy, right? But we all know what it's about, right? So we can't we can't really complain because we know what it's about. But yeah, your second part of your question was, how did the Giants come about? So it was just crazy. Uh, you know, the Steelers were the first team to, you know, take a shot at me, uh, which I appreciate. Brought me in for a visit. They were honest with me the whole time. Uh, they asked me, what would I do if I signed for us taking a knee and protesting? I was like, wow, like I'm really going through a role play with right. the, you know, with this organization, but whatever. <laughs> but, they at least were honest with me about my role with the team, how they saw me, wanted me as a special team aide to compete for a starting role as a safety, you know what I'm saying, all that, right? But they still had another safety that they had in mind. If his number came down, which was interesting to me, so they were kind of like, you know, to me I thought as they were using me as bait, you know, they, they would they would, they would would probably sign him and circle back with me. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, they ended up signing, what's his name, Morgan Burnett, and, you know, I'm like, okay, well, cool. They got the safety they wanted. At least they were honest with me. I appreciate that. Right. Well, a couple of days later, they circled back, and, you know, they want to sign me to a deal with specifically as a special teams ace and depth as a safety at this point now that they got the other star in safety. <laughs> the deal is low, something that I wasn't comfortable signing with. Me and Christina talked about it, prayed about it with E. Reed, you know, talked with him about it, actually talked to my guy, you know, my brother Cap and uh, his wife Nessa about it. And, you know, just like I said, prayed about it, ended up, you know, just wanting some extra time. And sure enough, they gave me each other next morning. The next morning, my agent got on the phone with the Giants. They were able to work out a deal that was better and ended up signing with the Giants. They said, you know, I'm with the G-Men. And <laughs> key, key, key figure in that might have been, right, Lou Anaruma. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's your absolutely. He's your DB coach in Miami. He's now with the Giants at that point. So he's got yes. your back. He's and telling he's telling people back there, "Hey, we need to we yes. need to bring this guy in. This is the guy we Absolutely. need. This is the guy we want to bring in." And Absolutely, man. And I talked to Lou, and you know, what I'm saying, and that that's literally like you, you know, what I'm saying you already in the know. You know exactly how it goes down, man. And he's 
He's like, he told me, Mike, they asked me, what do we need to know about Mike Thomas? And he was like, man, what don't you need to know about Mike Thomas? And right. literally everything he said, he, he, he confirmed about my leadership, uh, being a great guy in the locker room, being a great guy for defense and special teams and all that. And he was like, that's the type of leader you need in, in your locker room for this culture. So I definitely, definitely, without Lou and Rumo, I don't know if it's possible if I'm a G-man. You know what I'm saying? If I'm with, if I'm with Big Blue. So. Yeah. No, I, I mean. Definitely got to give. I uh, think that's fair. A bunch of love and credit to Coach Lou. Now he's gone now. That's, you know. Yeah. Then, so, so what's that, what's that like? We'll talk a little about the current team. Huh? Well, cause now we're in, we're in your giant year. So what's that like now? I mean, Lou Anarumo is not around. So what's that DB right. room like? What's that, what's that, what's the vibe around there? You're so young, right? <laughs> You're right. so young. You got new. You got new coaches in there. It's right. got to be a strange feeling, a little bit. Oh no! Nah, I'll say this. Yeah, this is my first time, first year in what six years not having Lou Anarumo as a coach. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? So first off, that's that. That's different, right? Um, and I'll say this. Yeah, we are young. However, we brought in Antoine Lafay, and I, it's been a while since I've had someone significantly. Older than me, are significantly like more years in NFL than me in a room. So right. it's like it's, it's actually it's actually refreshing to finally being able to revert to somebody else as like AKA the OG yeah. of the room. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not the I'm not the leader. I'm not the oldest guy in the room. So it's so you're the young. You're, you're, it makes leadership. you feel young. Yeah, you're the young guy now. No question. No <laughs> question, man. No question. So. Yeah, it, that's that's great, and his leadership has been great. Especially like you said, you alluded to us a having a young team, but b having new coaches. I mean, it's I didn't realize Coach Withers actually uh, was a DC at, in college at some point, and Betch was one of his assistant coaches. So right. it's crazy that the the roles have reversed now. But man, with the coaches with Coach Withers and uh, Ever Withers, uh, by the way, is the new Giants DB coach that they hired. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that, y'all. No, no, and, it's uh, fine. Coach, it's my Coach job. Baker. Yeah, and Coach Baker. I Henry Baker, DB who coach. comes came over from Rutgers, is he's the assistant DB coach. Right. Yeah. I mean, having both of them, man, it's been great because, like I said, they bring in a new energy. It's refreshing. They're, uh, you know, like teaching us, you know, different techniques. Uh, we we joke about it all the time. You know, you get so used to one coach, now you get a new coach. We joke about it as an individual. They got us doing all type of great, you know what I'm saying, like moving. Right. We, uh, the older guys, we're like, man, shoot, well, we had the combine again. But it's great because <laughs> we got so many young dudes that, you know, they're used to it. So, you know, it, 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 it's nothing new for them. So, I mean, it, it's great for us. They're, they're, they hold us to a high standard. We got a great room, really, especially with all the young guys and incorporating A.B., Literally, all we're doing is just like, you know what? We're competing with everything. You know, anytime somebody, you know, drops a drops an interception or gives up something, you know, we're like, yeah, we're joking with them. But at the same time, we're holding each other at a high standard. And, you know, you may or Push-ups. may not have to. You know what I'm Yeah, exactly. You may or may not have to order the, the room, you know, in the DB room something. It might be push-ups. It might be something else. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? So it's, 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 it's a fun environment. It's new, it's refreshing, and I think it's something we need, especially with the great mix we have of uh, old, you know older vets who are seeing a lot, a bunch of young guys and new coaches. I, I think it's just what our DB room needs. Is there a guy that you look at and you saw this spring or you saw him play in your life and, and you know that the, he's going to make a big impact and be really good You know, pretty much right away? Is, is there one guy that maybe um, stood out to you? I'll, I'll say this. I like what uh, uh, what our young rookie was, uh, DeAndre Baker. I, I uh-huh. like 
what he what he does at the corner spot, man. He's competitive. He's a com- yeah. Um, I was about to say that. You could just tell he's he's just one of those yeah, guys that man. he's always around. He's competing. He's physical, even though he you're not really allowed it. to. It's hard. It's weird to explain but to people, tell, but you can see it. You can you know tell. Like, like yeah. You, when when you see it, when like if you if you're at practice and you watch, you can see. Oh no, nah, no. Nah, when they when they allow that to be physical, yeah. he's gonna be That's not something you're gonna have to worry about with him being physical and compete. Which I like because you coming in, you're not thinking. Oh, I'm a rookie. Let me just feel my way. I got time. He's like, no, I'm trying to get it now. So I'm excited to see him play. Yeah, because you can't, you know, jam and like really hit at the line of scrimmage, even in in you know these OTAs and stuff. But you could just tell he, you know, you could still bump a little bit. You could still bang, you know, bang right. around a little bit, like almost like almost like a basketball bumping, you know, when you're when you're on a court right. and you get, and and, right, right, and you right. just see that with him, you know, when he's going down the field with receivers, the the jostling, yeah, man, it just so, looks competitive. Uh, I'm excited for that, man. I'm excited for that. So there could be times this season when there's six or seven young guys on the field at the same time. Guys, I'm talking about first or second year players on defense. What's realistic? Sure. What's realistic for a defense when that's the case? I mean, how do you how do you approach hey, that? I'll just say this: it's the reason why Seattle was able to, you know, and have the success they had for such a long time is because they drafted. Or sign young young guys and let them grow and play together, and they mix in like you said, three, four, maybe five vets. So you know what I'm saying to maybe just corral, but at the same time let them grow together. So for us, the, the expectations are the expectations. Coach Best doesn't plan on, oh, this is another rebuild year. The rest of our defense doesn't say, oh, nah, we got so many young guys it's about to be rebuild years. Like nah, like all those young guys who played last year and got real game time experience. They about to take a, a a leap and actually contribute to helping this team win games. And they say the biggest jump to make is from year one to year two. And I could attest, you know what I'm saying? I I agree to that. Mm-hmm. So between the rookies we have that's going to contribute a lot this year, the second year guys we have that's going to contribute a lot this year, and the best that's going to be mixed in. Like I mean, nah, like we we expect to go out here and win games. Like that's the expectation. Right. And uh, you know what? It's going to depend on those guys. A lot's going to depend on them. But what what you can do and what Mike does do. Is he sets the example for these guys, and part of that, and that's why you know part of what they said, you you know, your role is going to be right when they when you came here, they basically told Absolutely. you, that, is that Absolutely, you're man. you're very involved in off the field stuff, including you have you have an upcoming camp, right? The Mike T yeah, camp. This, this is I yeah. this is something I, we've talked about this before. That's really near and dear to you, right? Why, why is why is that, man? For a couple weeks, but I'll say this this main one. When I was, uh, you know what I'm saying, growing up, you see all those, what, play 60 commercials, right? And it's like, dang, like, I wish one of them, you know what I'm saying, the NFL season, NFL players would come to my school right. and do that. So I said, I made a promise to myself, if I ever made it to the NFL, you know, I, I'd, I'd make that, you know what I'm saying, experience, I'd, you know what I'm saying, make that come true for some kids that's in the school. So regardless of what city I'm in, uh, playing, or, you know, obviously the communities I grew up in in Houston and Louisiana. Matter of fact, just did a camp in Louisiana this past Monday. For the first time, um, you know what I'm saying. I, I want to I want to give back to my community in that way. So with my camp, this will be the fifth annual camp, Mike T in Houston. I mean, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to do, man. Give them a unique experience that they otherwise wouldn't get. Uh, anything that I do, even though it's a youth football camp, anything that I do I always has some type of education uh, educational component. We talk about a uh, you know a range of topics from financial literacy. SAT, ACT prep, uh, and because of everything that's been going on these last couple of years, we incorporated social uh, activism, especially athlete activism, and just pretty much talking to the kids, giving them an outlet, seeing what they feel, you know what I'm saying, 
seeing how they're feeling, what they're thinking. And uh, last year I gave out my first academic scholarship, and I'll give out my second this year as well. It was a $10,000 scholarship, right? Correct? Is that right? Correct. Yeah, correct, man. Ten, and it's big to you to make it, it always – for you, I, when I talk to you about these kind of things, it always seems to go back to one thing, and the, ed, the educational part of it. Like you know, they, they always it always has to have some sort of educational pull. It seems. Why? Why is that? Oh man, just because that was something that was huge in my family. Like my parents wouldn't even let me, you know, play any type of organ, uh, organized sports or do anything extracurricular. If my if my grades weren't right, and not by their standards of pass fail, it's like nah. Like are you are you making good grades? You know what I'm saying? Like right. So you know, and I understand the importance of that. I know that that can take you. Uh, further than athleticism can. Like, yeah, like for the short term, if you are lucky enough to either A, get a scholarship, or B, make it to the professional, you know what I'm professional sports, NBA, NFL, you know what I'm saying, MLB, whatever that might be, great. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll get some great rewards for the short term, and hopefully you can play a long, you know what I'm saying, yep. fruitful career. But if not, you need to be you prepared. To bring, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's going to take you further, a lot further. Matter of fact, like, I got buddies that I went to Stanford with that I was fortunate enough to make relationships with that have never broke a sweat in their life, probably, that are going to be well off for the rest of their life, and they have long-lasting careers just because they know how to code. You know what I'm saying? Right, so it's yeah. like, why would I not share information like that? Because I didn't know anything about coding, you know what I'm saying, growing up. Obviously, these kids right. are coming up in a different age. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea about coding. Why would I not bring those type of resources to these kids? I always say that because, like, you know, when people get recruited to Duke for basketball, I always feel like, they have to go. You have to go to Duke. Like if it was me, like I would a hundred percent. If Coach K is recruiting me, I'm going to Duke. Because if it doesn't work right. out, then I went to Duke. And I feel like yes, yeah, right, exactly. Stanford's yeah, like man. the same. Stanford's like the same way. If, 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 oh my God, yeah, they're going to recruit me from football. We're still a good football program. We're in the Pac-12 or whatever it's called nowadays. But you know, right. and, and then I still have Stanford as a fallback. I mean, it just seems like yeah, it seems like a no-brainer like deal or proposal. That you, like okay, yeah. <laughs> That's a great no fallback doubt, for me. So no doubt you, and and it's also important for you that you. Went, I, I have to say it. I always notice this when you have these camps and stuff. Free is is always yes. it always is free. Yes, like there's no charging I, for kids I, I to come to this camp. Man. What's that? I can't. I mean, I said I'm not gonna knock anybody's hustle. Right. I know I personally can't charge a kid if I'm gonna like if I'm really trying to help them. If it's you know, it's not my business model. I'm really just trying to help them. I can't charge these kids to come to, to come to a camp. No, I and agree. I paid to go. I, I, paid to, you know, I paid to go to camps when I was younger to get that experience and stuff. But me personally, like, not. Nah. Right. It's free. You're gonna get a great experience, unique experience, some things that you know, what I'm saying you wouldn't otherwise get access to. But I'm not gonna charge charge you for it. And even if there are costs to it, then yeah, like that's why I have a foundation. That's why people donate and stuff like that. I'm not charging kids. The Dream it's Builders not, Foundation is called right. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. My, Mike Thomas Dream Builders Foundation does some really good stuff. But you said unique experiences, right? Talk about unique experiences. Give me a rundown. Man, what what is what is uh, Capitol Hill like? You did some work on Mike. Two years you did it? Right, yeah. So two years now. It's going on my third, and I've done like stuff even once I've left. But, yeah, man, so the NFLPA does a great job of offering, you know, externships and internships uh, during our off season. you know what I'm saying, to keep guys either, A, preparing for life after football, or B, just, you know what I'm saying, giving them something to do. And one of the, one of the uh, externships that was available was, uh, you know, interning with a congress, congresswoman or congressman or someone on Capitol Hill 
in the Senate, and I've had the opportunity these last two years to be with Congresswoman Jackson Lee. And, like, like you're talking about unique experience, man. Like, look, I'm really in all of these congressional hearings and meetings. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? When That's got to be surreal. That's oh, got to be surreal to see what's going there. on behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? As you see what's going on behind the scenes, okay, yeah, we're talking about, you know, like, man, we're fighting for the voiceless, fighting for those, you know, who, who, who need justice. And we're doing it from our platform using our voices, which is, you know what I'm saying, which is a pretty big platform. And we can make changes. We have influence. However, we play football at the highest level. These are the people who make laws, create laws, you know, actually make changes, and they're doing it at the highest level. So to actually do with them and, you know, see what's going on behind the scenes and see everything they're actually fighting for. And for me to see that they're actually saying some, most of the same things that we're saying, it's just a process. It takes a longer time for things to actually, you know what I'm saying, come about yeah, because yeah. they have to – you know, like they have to fight against some other people who think differently than them. Politics, you know, that, 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 that <laughs> right? It's, yeah, it's called politics. politics. You know what I'm saying? It's politics. It's politics. But it was encouraging, though, to say, like, oh, okay, we're not saying anything different. We're not saying anything new. It's just a process to actually get it done. And there's a way now for athletes who do have a voice, who do have a platform, and have, have, who have influence, we can actually help some of these things come about by getting involved. And that was encouraging to see. Yeah, I mean that just sounds like a fascinating experience to me. Like, I, I like if day one, I wouldn't even know what to expect. Like the first day I went, like I would right. have, I would have like man, no man, basis, man, like man, no man, background. Man. Right. Could be anything, right? <laughs> let, me, let me give you one example. So first day, this not this past year. First day last year, president releases his first uh, budget proposal. My very first day, I have like you said, I'm like you. I don't, I, I got lost. I didn't even know what building to go to. I didn't even know which office she was in. I got lost. People had to direct me to her office. As soon as I get to her office, he releases his budget report. Boom, I'm in a meeting, literally, you know what I'm saying, like Democrats one side, Republicans one side, House representatives, you know what I'm saying, White House representatives in the middle, and I'm listening to them going back and forth, talking about exactly, you know what I'm saying, like what they're both fighting for. And like, oh, you're, cut, you're trying to cut food stamps, you're trying to cut all this. I'm like, yo, like this is nuts. <laughs> you did you say, did you right say a word the whole day? Say, say that one Did you time? say a word the whole day, or were you just sitting there with like oh, your no, head no, spinning, no, looking I'm back and forth? I'm not saying I'm not saying a single <laughs> word in there. Not in this one. Like this, this big time. Like, you know, what I'm saying? this is the huge one, right? But That's... it's crazy because they do ask athletes their opinion. I've been asked, especially the second time around. I was asked my opinion on a bunch of things. I was asked what do, what did I think, and I've been asked to come back and kind of be a witness to certain things and and testify on certain things just because of being an athlete and the type of influence and platform we have. That's a pretty cool experience, though, for sure. You also are, one last thing, you were also involved with the NFLPA, right, the executive committee. Correct. You were there last week. I mean, what kind of, what kind of stuff are you working, what kind of stuff are you working on at this point? I mean, what, what, what does that, what does that mean? Like, I, you're like, I try right. to explain it to people, you're in the middle of the locker room, right? And right. you're, there's a door, it goes into, I guess it's the showers back there, right? You have the uh, hot tub, <laughs> cold tub, uh, some, right. some machines and stuff, and, and it's right there. So you're in the middle. Yeah, so in order to go, location. Yeah, so, but in order to go anywhere in the locker room, you have to walk by your locker, basically. Right. Like it's centrally located. No matter what, like guys are going to walk past that point at some point, and it makes you like the centerpiece. And you're you right. you're, you're involved in a lot of player stuff, and you're you're sort of I I see guys stop by and ask for advice on stuff, and and that's I I think partly why you know that that's just who you are. 
and that's why you're involved on the PA side as well. Is, am, am I right about that? Correct. Yeah, not correct, man. I, I I like to think that you know I'm the type of guy that anybody feels comfortable, you know, coming up to me asking me a question. If I got the answer, obviously I'm gonna give it to you. If I don't have the answer, I'm gonna tell you. I don't have it, but I'm gonna find it for you. <laughs> you know, right. and, and 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 just being available to guys and letting them know, like, look, there's no, you know, what I'm saying, like, there's no right or wrong way to look at things, but it's, you know, what I'm saying, based off your experience and what you want to see this in a, you know, what I'm saying, our union to look like, you know, that's 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 up to you. And the more you get involved, the better it'll be. So for me, being executive committee member is just letting guys know and understand that I represent all 2,000 players in the league from first-round draft pick, highest-paid player, to that practice squad player, which I definitely have experience, you know what I'm saying, and, right. and can relate to. I represent all the players. Um, anything that, you know, involves our union, our players regarding benefits, uh, 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 working conditions, and, you know what I'm saying, salaries, all that type of stuff, you know what I'm saying, that's, that's, that's what I'm here for. Here to answer any questions. Here to represent you guys. That's it. So, what's on the docket specifically now? What's 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 at what's at the top? Uh, I mean, as everybody pretty much knows, maybe not everybody knows, but you know, we're we're working through some things to make sure that everybody still has, uh, you know, our, our CBA negotiations and whatnot. Right, so and that's just, the, just that's the, to, that's what the right, efforts are right. going to at this point. Absolutely, and gotcha. you know, it, it, I can I can say this right now: all the men who are working on it, especially from the union side, you know, we're we're doing a great job representing the men, trying to make sure it's right and that everybody's represented well, and that everybody still has jobs. Man. It's going to be a, a lot of work that's put into that in the next couple of years, I'm sure for for oh, sure. Definitely, definitely. But definitely. there's not a better person to do it, and there's a reason that Mike Thomas comes to the Giants, and before he even plays a season is voted as one of the team captains. I think that says a lot about you as a person. Like, for you to come to a new team and be part of the team captains in year one speaks volumes. Yeah, man. No, definitely, man. It was humbling. Definitely yeah. humbling. Wasn't expecting it, but, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, I, I respect my men and glad that they can see me in that light and respect me as, as much to make me a captain. Well, it's well-deserved, and that's why uh, we had you on here because you're, you're a fascinating guy. And, and uh, I really enjoy talking to you. And uh, thanks thanks for stopping by, though. It was great. Appreciate it, Mike. I appreciate it, Jordan, man. Take All care, right, man. anytime, man. You have a good one. On to the next one. Yeah, I told you, that Mike Thomas interview, that's a good one right there. I mean, he is a legitimately good guy. And that story about his first game with the Miami Dolphins is dynamite. So uh, here's the part of this podcast, Jordan on a Beat, where I'm going to tell you what it's like to be – a beat reporter for the Giants or the NFL. And the story that kind of popped in my head this week was about Hakeem Nix. I don't know if you guys saw in recent weeks, there was something about Hakeem Nix. He was a former Giants receiver trying out for the XFL. And it reminded me of a story about Hakeem Nix because he once did something that I have never seen from any NFL player. And really, he deserves an award for being able to pull this off in the first place. The thing is, when you're at road games, the locker rooms could be really tight. And sometimes there's even like lockers in the middle and there's never room. It's almost like amateur hour, right? These, these locker rooms, the, the visitor locker rooms in most of these places. So Keem Nix is in like one of the middle lockers. I don't know. And they're all tight and crowded. And I forget what it was. Everybody was going to talk to Keem Nix and he did this. He did an interview while brushing his teeth. Now, let me explain to you. This was not in front of a sink. So he's brushing his teeth without water in the middle of the locker room without a sink 
and still talking and answering questions. I mean, the guy deserves an award for that in retrospect. How do you brush your teeth in the middle of an interview? I don't remember him like spitting into a cup or running to the sink. I don't, I don't know what happened to the toothpaste. Was he just store the toothpaste or something? I mean, this is really an incredible accomplishment when I think back on it. It's always one of my favorite stories. I mean, he is so unique. He's the only guy that I've ever interviewed. I've interviewed hundreds of guys, maybe thousands. And he's the only one who's ever done it while brushing his teeth. Truly remarkable accomplishment for Akeem Nix. One that, in my mind, will never be forgotten. And with that, that's the end of this week's Breaking Big Blue. Remember, you can always reach out to me on email, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you can reach me. If you have questions, send them along. We'll do a couple more uh, Giants After Darks this summer. Uh, we'll do them sporadically, though, because there's nothing going on. So every week, there's not going to be new questions to answer. But you can hit me up with questions on anything. You know, Giants, quarterback, uh, football in general, my life, the summer break, whatever you want. And remember, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, ESPN app, Podcatchers, Google Play. Give us a good rating. Help us grow this podcast. And we're going to do this again soon. And with that, we'll see you next time.